Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. Welcome to our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today, our episode, Burnout. Burnout. Well, you know, I was sick, as you know, over the last week and a half with a cough. It wasn't a burnout, but I felt totally burned out. And I think that every time I do, you know, I'm beginning to realize how we let ourselves go. We push, we push, we push. And when you reach this point of burnout, not so good things happen. I've gotten uh, double pneumonia twice over the last five years. Never been sick all my life, hardly. And both cases, and even this one, it was I pushed myself a little too far. Well, I knew you weren't feeling well because uh, uh, on your text profile, it said that you had your notifications off right right into yesterday morning. Yes, I know. I I was... Not that it stops me from sending you messages. No, but... no, no. And I do respond, but it kind of... I was locked down. I was trying to... You know, I'm a social being for sure. And... Uh, and uh, but you, when you're sick and when you got a cough that can't stop, it's just about sitting quietly and sleeping lots. And uh, I was joking with some friends that saying that uh, my... Um, I felt like I was my grandmother. I had uh, I had so many drugs I was taking. I, I was thinking <laughs> getting a lazy Susan. Remember those lazy Susan yeah, things yeah, that yeah, turned yeah. around yeah, yeah. when I was a kid? And then my friends started bugging me, um, sending me clips of, you know, everyday pills shipped directly from the doctors. That this is this is my new life. And so it was quite it was quite fun. Gave me you know humor helps you when you're sick, and it was pretty funny. The uh, pharmacist will do that for you for free. Yes, okay. apparently. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So you might have to look into it. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, no. And you can still hear it in your voice a little bit. Uh, well, I don't know if our listeners can, but in the headphones, you know, listening to it directly, it sounds, it sounds like you still have a bit mm -hmm. of it. I do. I do. So I have a lozenge. So hopefully that will protect the, me going into a yeah, coughing that fit. That won't bother Ulster too much. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So let's uh, keep going and uh, set the stage here. Greg and I have been friends for a long time. We've both been managers or leaders or supervisors for a long time. We've both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. We're going to start at the perspective of the employee and then move into the manager. We're going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations, some of our own experience, and we're always going to have an underlying theme of a good discussion. And uh, I don't think we've ever had a bad discussion on this program. I agree, 100%. So burnout. We often talk about burnout, but what is it? People have different experiences with it or avoiding it. Greg and I will talk a little bit about our experience and what we've seen, and I wonder what yours are. You have a work environment where you experience some or all of the following. You've been working strong for months. You can't remember the last time you had a real vacation without work emails or thoughts. You feel done. You burn the midnight oil for what feels like forever not going home on time and letting your relationship suffer. And at the end of the effort, you get shut down by the boss. It's over. It's treated like a failure. You are heavy at work and there are things in your personal life that are heavy as well. There doesn't seem to be any respite. You're dealing with serious health issues. There is too much going on. There is so much change at work in people, processes, and perhaps targets. It is overwhelming. You are near your end. You are working like all the time, giving it everything, but you don't know the expectations or even if you are doing a good job. So, Greg, what's up with this? How important is this subject and how does this affect our relationships and the work environment? 
Wow. You know, there's just so much of this right now. Um, people are stretched on all ends and, you know, there's a, there's, there's lots of talk these days of, I always get these letters wrong. P S T D. No, that's not it. P T S D. PTSD, right? I, I'm, I'm certain that I have mild, mild uh, dyslexia because I, when I believe I, I do as well. So we're we're in good shape. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the um from COVID and going forward, and then the the kind of the um recovery quote recovery after COVID, um people have been running hard. I I bet you I know uh, right now uh, I can I can think of off the top of my head. Four different chief HR officers who have chosen to step out of the corporate world um, and into some kind of consulting or retirement or that. And these are these are survivors. These are amazing people, but that just got to the point that it was too much and they had to make different decisions. Um, there are uh, tons of studies these days talking about mental health at, at the highest rates that it's ever been. People just um, seeking different avenues to find uh, ways in which they can have some relief. Um, I was just watching before we I, I, uh, before we started a, um, uh, a a TED talk by I think he's Dr. David Robinson, and I'll double check this. He's from the University of Wisconsin, and he does a lot of work around meditation, mindfulness. But he, and this was from 2019, so imagine what it is now. He was going through the data on the increase of loneliness, the increase of stress, the increase of, of mental health that was happening. And it was like tenfold. It was 33% higher from 10 years between uh, his data, uh, so 2009 and 2019. I can't imagine what it is now. That was pre-COVID, and 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 they were saying that um, the combination of stress, the combination of social media, and the distractibility that is caused by so much things happening at once, is creating this massive uh, burnout. And you know that it's it's it it impacts the organizations. People aren't working at their best. People are walking away from jobs. It is. Um, and listen, organizations have done a fairly good job of reinvesting into wellness and mental health, but it, it, it doesn't seem to be enough at times. And more organizations are moving towards individual um, connectivity and care. And this is starting to see some really interesting things because people want to be seen, people want to be known, and different people need different things in order to recharge their energy. And, oh, there's the recharging of the energy happening right there. But um, I, I think this is a big thing. And when you don't focus on it, when you don't put the attention to it, when you don't make it personal, i.e. connecting it to individuals and what they need, you're going to be in big trouble. Um, keeping people, getting people, and delivering your results for sure. Quite often, people have this attitude that burnout is something within the employee or the person working at the organization, and that may be part of it. But a lot of the things that people are struggling with is environmental things within the workplace. So it's uh, direction, uh, support, connection, 
uh, not knowing where they're going, too much work, uh, shifting priorities, you know, what are the expectations? A lot of this can be caused by what's going on within the organization. There's times when organizations are very dynamic and things are happening. And to your point, we really have to make sure that the people that are involved in this, that are being brought along, are okay and are getting what they need. And different people might need different connection points and support or whatever that is to ensure that there is an open connection between bosses and the employees, individual employees, small groups, the whole group, whatever, is really, really important. A lot of this is environmental. It's things that are outside of the employee's control. I agree 100%. And there are certain things you can do to help a person deal with also the external stuff outside of work. But a good place to start is thinking about what can we do in work. And you just really, and I know you're going to talk about some of them here, and we'll, I won't jump ahead. I will actually follow the script. You like to jump ahead, though, Greg. I do, I do, I do. But I think you've made some really good points, and there are some things that you can do that just um, don't eliminate the stress that caused burnout, but it will certainly mitigate it. And um, so let's get into it. So as a manager or a leader or as a supervisor, whatever you are, you know, what can you do to assist with this situation? So the first one we have here, and there's a whole list of them, I think we're going to build on a, a bigger idea Always be clear about what is expected of your reports. They shouldn't be guessing about what the expectation is. And this is probably, for me, the number one thing. It is listed as number one, Greg. Yes, it, that's true. That's true. Um, because lack of expectations, lack of clarity creates spin. And boy, oh boy. Um, and let's be clear, spin is a bad thing. It's a bad thing. We, we just get in our minds. We don't know. We go down pathways that we're not supposed to, and it's just really not knowing what's the most important thing to do. And you can help people by being really clear on what's important, what are the priorities, what is their responsibility, what isn't their responsibility, who they can go to. These are all things that are all about clarity. And why. And why. Oh, the why is the big one for sure, 100%. If I look back through my career's the times that I struggled the most were when I didn't understand what the expectations were. Mm -hmm. I actually had a conversation with a boss of mine once. I said, what do you expect for me in this situation? And they didn't have an answer for me, Greg. And it was like one of those bizarre moments. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, well, at least they, at least they don't know. I mean, I, yeah, but that must have been bizarre. And I think when we go into the employees, we'll talk about is if you don't know, how do you ask? Be proactive and, uh, you know, and ask. But as a leader, try to get as much clarity as possible. If you don't know, say you don't know, but give your opinion. Based upon what I understand, this is what I believe are the, are the targets. This is what's most important. Um, but be honest and say, hey, I, I don't know. Things are changing and I will keep you up to date. As soon as I know, but this is what I know today. You can say what you know today, and that will at least help people settle. It, and it just solidifies the connection between the two of you. Mm -hmm. Make sure you know the progress of any tasks and if there are any issues or concerns. Uh, no news is good news. I don't know if that's really the best approach to these things. I would rather know if I'm a, a manager or a supervisor or whatever, if, if you, Greg, are working for me and you're working on a big project, I don't want to know in three weeks that you're struggling with something. I'd like to know like now and, and 
you know, if that's going to create stress for you and cause burnout in the end, I'd rather know now so we can talk about it and do what we have to do to uh, bring the situation in line. Yeah. And I would say this one, you know, I do a fair amount of work using the situational leadership model, which is a simple model that's been around since the seventies. Right. And it really just, um, the, the high level overview of the model is you understand where your people are from, uh, I don't know anything and I'm, I'm, I'm scared and not confident to, I know exactly what I need to do and I'm totally confident. And then there's four buckets kind of thing. But part of this one is first knowing where your people are and then aligning with them as to what are those connection points that are required. Because those folks that are down the other end that totally know what the job is and are totally confident they still do want to have connections, but it won't be as often, but it might be just simply, hey, Alistair, um, let's set up a monthly check-in just to give me updates so I can be informed to be able to support you going forward. That's the only thing I need. However, if you need me, you just come and, 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 and you know give me a call. The person on the front end, you're going to have a more regular. So it's, again, you always say this, knowing your people. We say this, knowing your people and know what they need most um, because each individual person is going, if you go to that person who's on the top end, who has all the knowledge and all the experience and you're bugging them every day, that's going to create stress. That's going to create frustration. That's going to create burnout because I'm sick and tired of you coming and asking me questions all the time. Uh, But on the other hand, if you're not available to that other person on the other end, same result, same result. So again, it's knowing your people, and knowing what are the things that are most needed that can equip you to feel most confident to be successful in what you're doing. Let's talk about it up front and let's agree to it. And as it changes, you know, that er, that early on person, as they gain confidence and wisdom and knowledge, you're going to spend less time with them. But it's about keeping that connection and really talking about what do you need now. Um, it's so powerful. Um, so I do think you're right making sure you know the progress and being able to support issues and concerns. And it might differ depending on who the person is and, and what their level of development is. I got another point for that one, but I think it fits better in the next one. So Perfect. I'm, I'm going to drag it over to number three here. Uh, ensure that you have an atmosphere with your reports for them to share uh, what's going on, any issues. And my favorite thing, I like, you know, what you just said about knowing your people and there's some people that need a monthly check-in for 10 minutes and there's other people that need a half hour once a week or whatever that is. What I like uh, is uh, I call it the drive-by and and yes, that's already been established, but just to ensure that people feel okay talking to me, I go by, hey, Greg, yeah, I know we have a meeting. I think it's Tuesday of next week. Everything good? Yeah. Okay. And just, you know, create an atmosphere where, yeah, yeah, I do have something coming up. Uh, I'll send you a memo. Uh, I'll send you a, a list of things tomorrow. We can talk about it on Tuesday. Hey, good. Looking forward to it. And and just do, I like, I like to do that just to walk by and, and just, Hey, Greg, yeah, I, yeah. how you doing type thing. Right. And I and agree. I don't know if I'd snap my fingers, but uh, probably not, but, <laughs> but just to go by and say, Hey, you know, create that opening where yes, we have something on Tuesday, but I, you know, I am open if there's something going on today for us to have a conversation. Yeah. And you know, uh, uh, feedback, both positive and constructive, normally is best given as soon as close to something you hear about or know about. End of the year is terrible. End of the year, or even if you got weekly catch-ups or monthly catch-ups, um, if something's happening, those stop-bys can be, hey, Alistair, I just got out of a meeting. 
and uh, the big boss was mentioning how awesome the project is and how it's going to be that you're working on leading and it's going to be forward. Specifically, he was really excited about boom, boom, boom. Always add that specific because, you know, if you give just general feedback. That, I hate that. You're doing a great job. That Yeah, that's not. That's really? Not helpful what whatsoever. Part, what part am I doing great? Right, right. It can actually have a negative effect. It does. For me, for the way I'm wired, absolutely. Most people, it does that. But also if there's a concern, say, hey, I I heard that there might be some things happening here. Uh, do you have a couple of minutes just to chat about it? I kind of just want to figure out what you're thinking about and whether you need any support going forward. Again, that helps reduce that stress, which results in the burnout. And And it says to your point that I am creating an atmosphere for people to share and to bring things forward. Because the more you build that relationship, the more they're willing to come up to your your either uh, physical door and knocking on it or your virtual door and knocking on it and saying, hey, Alistair, something's come up and I wonder if I can use you as a sounding board. Boy, oh boy, that, that really kind of, because you know, stress builds over time. And the sooner you can have those conversations, the, there's a, there's a number of models of a, of a, of a change curve, a stress curve and how when stuff is un, un, um, there's no dialogue around something. It goes deep, 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 deep. And, and change and stress takes a while to get out of that deep, uh, deep valley. And the, the, the more you can create a space where people are just open to reach out and have a quick connection, the, the shallower that dip is going to be. And the less uh, residual stress, which calls burn, causes burnout, is going to happen. And creating that atmosphere is, is also important within those if you have set up meetings, like regular meetings, is, you know, being there, being on time, not rushing out right away, uh, reading any material ahead of time that was sent to you, being in the moment. And we've talked about this in a whole bunch. I was going to try to pick out one one episode, but I think it's in like 20 episodes. Mm-hmm. Making sure that you're present, getting, you know, from behind the desk, you know, you know, sitting in uh, kind of, if you have a more open area with two chairs and stuff like that. Uh, all these things and, and creating that environment means that even when they do show up for a scheduled meeting, it's a real meeting. Mm-hmm. You're, you're showing interest, you're listening, uh, not always talking, but listening and, and and maybe let them go first. And then if you have some things to say, you go second, but being present and, and making it an effective meeting. Yeah. And, and, you know, listening with not just your ears because yes. often um, talking is 80% physical not yeah, verbal. That that is it. That's exactly it. And you know, uh, so it's is how am I preparing myself to show up? And we talk about this a lot. So how do you enter into each meeting with a clear head, a clear heart, um, and to, to be able to be really present? Because often what you'll find is if you're there and you're listening to the things people are saying, but you're also watching their body language. Often you can even sense energy with someone if they're heavy you know like some people get freaky about this and say what are you talking about energy and all that type of thing but you know we all look for it anyway yeah and someone it call it whatever you want put your label on it but you know when you walk in a room and you could just feel it's almost as if somebody has a gorilla on their back Mm -hmm. they just feel heavy uh or there's something just is you know vacant about the person you you gotta lean in on those things. You gotta you gotta not necessarily in front of everybody else. Find the best way, but saying, "Hey, Alistair, do you got two seconds to hang around?" Um, I just I'm just sensing that you're uh, a little heavy. 
um, everything okay? Um, anything, you know, you support I can give you? Th- that simple three statements tells me that, that you care, tells me that you see me, tells me that um, I'm not alone in whatever I'm going through. Boy, oh boy, those are beautiful um, investors that can help mitigate against what we're talking. And you slipped right into the next one beautifully. And you, you have to show people you care. And I don't mean in a soppy way, but know that you're interested in them, that you recognize them. And, you know, if you go like three or four months and you haven't heard from anybody and there's changes in the organization, you're going to go to the final thing, which is I'm on the block. Mm-hmm. Everybody goes there. Mm-hmm. They're going to get rid of me. I haven't heard from anybody in months mm-hmm. and, and all this other stuff is going on. And, and, and so the idea of caring for somebody, it isn't this sloppy emotional thing. It's about connecting. It's about having a conversation. It's about giving feedback, good feedback mm-hmm. and, and being specific with it and, and just, you know, acknowledging people and the work that they're doing. Yeah. And you know, this time of year really need to be aware of it. Um, you know, some people look forward to these holidays, whatever you celebrate, whatever your tradition is. Normally there's, in many cultures, this is a time of year of celebration and connectivity and family and, and thankfulness and thankfulness and all these things. But for a lot of people, it's a time of stress. It's a time of anxiousness. It's a time of loneliness. Um, or interesting families. Right. Interesting families. That's for sure. So, um, being aware of what's going on and, and, um, you know, if you've got folks that are working over the holidays, um, holding the fort, get, being connected to them, thanking them, helping them know that they're seen, send them a pizza while they're working. All of these things are just so, so important right now. Um, and as a leader, key simple things that you can do to, um, Help those folks be connected to lower the lower the heat. Um, yeah, it's just so important, and it really is surrounding that just care. And sometimes you must take steps to look after people. Just don't talk about doing things. Do the things you need to. Greg, I don't know how many times I've heard from a head of an organization. You know, we really care about you, but that's all you ever hear. You don't mm-hmm. see it. You don't mm-hmm. feel it. And and I, I'm not saying that these are bad people. There's sometimes you just get you know, wrapped up in the moment with the words and then they have a very busy life and all that stuff. That's great. We need to be cognizant of what we're doing, what we're saying, you know, it only means so much. And I'd rather have somebody go around doing things and never talk about it because to me, that's just a much stronger thing. I remember this is when I was in the police and I was in a a detective unit and there was going to be four of us in of the six. And, uh, one of the senior guys said, listen, I got a frozen turkey at home that isn't doing anything. Why don't we put on, because hmm. we would have a uniform shift of officers that we supported. Yeah. Let's, let's put on a turkey. I have like a 30 pound turkey or something. And so we all divvied up side dishes and we came in on New Year's day and, uh, we started at like six in the morning. So we were eating at like nine thirty ten. 10. And, and so turkey breakfast, turkey breakfast. And so we started up and, and the, the, the troops started coming up to drop off statements or tell us about stuff or whatever. I said, um, let, let anybody know that's around that. And everybody that's a police officer that works in a police station has, uh, a, um, a plate and knives and forks and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just a given. It's, yeah, yeah. you know, it's essential equipment. 
And over the course of two or three hours, most of the shift came up and those that could get off the road and, and come in for their lunch or come in for 10 minutes would come in and, and grab stuff. And we had a great time and it's like, we're all here. We appreciate one another. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's celebrate that. Yeah. We're all here on New Year's Day where our families are sleeping right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's celebrate that and appreciate each other. Yeah, yeah. Well, and as for a, a police officer, New Year's New Year's uh, Eve is probably not the calmest It's the time. worst night of the yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, a whole year of dysfunction tried to be solved in one night right, of drunken right, debauchery. Right, right, right. So, you know, but just, again, just such a beautiful, simple thing. Um, Breaking bread together. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And people are always more important than things or processes, and they should really know that. Yeah, but we forget it. We get caught up in the the stakeholder requirements that we need to deliver, the numbers that we need to push through, which are also important. But if you don't balance it with the people, you can't do any of that without the people. And uh, the longer you forget that, the 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 bigger the the bust will be. So let's jump to the employee. And I phrased all these ones as a a question, except for the last one. And the first question, are you okay? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, My personality is such that I avoid pain and I look at the glass half full and I, um, I kind of just, I I just forget. I I self forget. You need a jolt to come in. I do. And, you know, the two things that I talked about when I had double pneumonia um, were times when I was, like your description, I was working so long hours. I was I was busy. And it was good. It wasn't bad stuff, actually. It was actually things that I enjoyed, but I stretched myself so far. I was working nights. I was working weekends. There was just lots of things going on. And I was pumped. But I wasn't feeding back into the system. I wasn't taking the breaks that I needed. Um, and I wasn't okay. And my wife, Josette, she, she, you know, is my early warning sign often and says, you know, you got to slow down. You got to take some break. You got to do that. And I said, don't worry. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And then I was in the hospital with double pneumonia. At a certain point, you weren't good. I wasn't good. And But it, it came upon me as a surprise, and there was no surprise. Uh, and, you know, you think that, okay, Greg, something like that you're going to learn. Next year, I had double pneumonia again. And two weeks ago, I sat in a car uh, on a conference call in a parking lot at night and got a chill. Um, I'd spent two days delivering training program with uh, other folks that were coughing a lot. And guess what happened? You know, you think I'd learn. Now, I did catch it this one a little bit early, so I didn't go to the hospital with pneumonia. But still, man, oh, man. So I think We just talked a, about this two weeks ago. I know. On the program. I know. It's so, yeah, it's so important. And, you know, I, we're someone who uh, talk about this and are more self-aware and encourage people to do it. And then look what happens. Yeah. Listen to what you're preaching, man. Yeah, exactly. And uh, what is stressing the most? Sitting there going, what is causing all this anxiety that's going to lead to burnout, lead to me being sick or walking or being fired or whatever it is? Yeah. And, you know, I have a, I have a thing that I do with most of my coaching clients is, uh, and it's learning to sail. 
And so it's, you know, first you understand where, where stress is happening in your body and it always shows up in your body first and you become really aware of it. You know, when you got a sick stomach Mm -hmm. or you got an achy neck, a headache, a headache, whatever that might be. But key in, in, um, is really becoming aware of it. And so stop and S of sale is stop and, and breathe. You know, second is A is acknowledge and accept. Say, wow, I am super stressed. I am, and what's behind that? Well, you know, I'm anxious about that report. I'm, I'm worried about where the business is going. Whatever those things are, name it. Um, and accept what it is, but then inquire and ask yourself questions. People are really good around, you know, how big is this? Um, what are the alternative, uh, thoughts that I could have around this? You know, just actually having it is, is first is acknowledging, which is really, this is a good question. And the next one kind of, all these are going to build on one another. Uh, I'd like to say them all, but I think it's important that we kind of cut them down and go step by step. Do you understand where you are and what is expected? Taking a, a, a stock of what you do and and what is expected of you, uh, you know, if you're in a situation where you feel stressed, you're anxi- you know, there's anxiety, and, and just saying, do I understand where I am in this process right now and what is expected of me? Yeah, and part of that is that reflection, right? So you you say maybe one of the things is I really don't know what I'm doing or I'm not sure what the most important thing I need to do. And or, or whatever it is, and then capturing what that is, uh, and then doing something with it. Actually, asking someone, saying, and d- expressing. Pr- are we going further down the list? No, no, no. I'm just yeah. going to say that just to let everybody know that our arrival on this section is going to be five big rocks and the perch right, right, from two right. weeks ago. Right, right, right. <laughs> awesome, awesome. But but what you know, part of once you know that you're stressed and you start to kind of self-reflect and say what it is. If there's something that you need in order to decrease the stress, name it and have a conversation with whomever has the greatest influence around it and share, Hey, listen, this is what I'm experiencing. This is what I'm thinking as part of it. This is what I need to help me. Uh, Can we have a conversation around it? Being bold and courageous about that is, is scary. But boy, oh boy, it'll be so helpful. And so I'm going to put the next two in because you've already, uh, you know, you've started approaching them. Do you have the time, technology, and support you need to do your job? Is that what's causing the anxiety? And can you speak freely about your concerns? Mm-hmm. So important that you, once you've had a, a conversation with yourself, once you've taken stock of what's going on and, and you've determined, you know, what you need to to take away some of the stress about what's going on, can you actually approach your boss and say, hey, listen, you know, I need two more people. I need this computer program. I need a new laptop, whatever it is that you can actually have that conversation, a really good conversation, and for them to actually listen to you. Yeah. And and the worst thing is they don't listen to you and and they say or they get mad at you or whatever. And guess what? Then you have other choices to make. But if you can't have an environment that's open – and often what I found is that people are stirring. They've actually gone through the first process that you talked about, recognize the stress. They have some ideas of what could be done, but they're either afraid or, or um, 
they just don't want to they they don't want to be a hassle of anyone you know they don't want to be a a nag of anything but i have seen people come to me and say greg this is what's happening um this is what i'm thinking about this is what i believe i need i'm wondering if we could talk about it and i had no idea mm-hmm. uh and we quickly resolved it maybe not exactly what they wanted but we gave them something but if you don't say anything, you're not going to get anything. And the worst scenario is that you have a boss who isn't open, who isn't listening. And then you decide what you want to do. There's HR. There's 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 all kinds of things you can do or you can uh, leave. So, Greg, you and I are of a certain generation and we have a certain amount of experience. And one of the things to navigate this part of it when you're coming forward to say, hey, listen, I don't have enough resources. I'll send them an email, either an email to talk about it, like uh, prelude the conversation, or as a follow-up to a conversation, I would put it in writing. Because in three months down the line, when this thing has come off the rails, and I I don't want to be a pessimist, but I think I'm a realist, is that here you go. We, I was talking about this three months ago. Yeah. And, and you and I had a conversation and then, you know, when you end up in HR or you get dragged into this person's office, you go, Listen, you know, I really respect you, but I'm sorry. We've been talking about this, and uh, I think I've been really clear about what's needed on this project or this file or whatever it is you do. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, we, we talk about some other things is even after the meeting, if there is some direction, then sending an email, even if you don't do it before, do it afterwards, saying, Alistair, thanks for the conversation. Here's what I, here's what I express. I'm hoping that the, um, that something can be done with regard to it. Because sometimes, you know, even in meetings, managers can be distracted. And or dismissive, or dismissive. Or dismissive, but even let's go with a positive and say they're just distracted and they don't see it. This is the difference between you and me. Eh? Right. <laughs> but yeah. But when the email comes through, it does the same thing. It says, oh, yeah, right. This is, I got to do something about it. Or they don't, and then you have the documentation, to your point. And just to explain to our, our viewers, I am not a, a, a negative type of person. I just happen to spend almost six years doing internal investigations in a large right. organization. So I'm, I approach these things from a very practical point of view. You can, you can be a little crisp, but that's not bad. Crisp is good. <laughs> um, and are things getting overwhelmed in your personal life as well? One of the, you know, you're in work, you got a stressful job, these things. And if you have things going on in your personal life, maybe you're sick or someone else is sick in your life, or there's a concern uh, marriage problems, whatever it is, you know, acknowledging that you have that issue is a really important thing. And, and hopefully, you know, the next one is, do you need support in creating a balance in your life? You, you take that realization that, listen, you know, a parent is sick or whatever it is, and just bringing that to work and saying, listen, this is what I'm navigating right now. Uh, I just want you guys to know at the moment it's fine but there could be a point where I need to make some adjustments so that your boss knows. Yeah. And you know, that's really hard, you know, under stresses and you, you're concerned about what people will think, what people will say. But again, if you don't say anything, how will they know? And if you're, if, if the external things are, are impacting your performance, um, better to allow them to understand the full picture. Um, because I have seen people say, well, you know what? I don't know what happened to Alistair. He's, he was a star, but he's just fallen completely, uh, not delivering things and he's not going forward. And we're going to have to go down the path of performance management. And then to find out that Alistair is managing a really significant health issue at home with, with two or three people or whatever. And then you think, oh my goodness, that your compassion goes up and you understand, you know what? I know it's personal. 
um, and you can still keep it confidential. Go to HR, go to your boss, whomever that is, um, and just express what's going on and also investigate the kind of help because a lot of organizations have some really good resources. And over the last 20, 30 years, organizations and companies have been much better about handling these types of things mm-hmm. and, you know, employee family assistance plans and, and, you know, allowing people, uh, listen, I understand at three o'clock, you got to go and pick up somebody and take them to therapy. And then you're going to come on, you're going to come back on at seven o'clock for all, whatever you need to do. That's great. Uh, just keep me informed of what's going on and, uh, we're here to support you, especially if they're a good worker and the work's getting done. You know, if people need to do things, they need to do things. Yeah. And you're right. Even with COVID, there's a lot more flexibility in those areas. And there are some organizations that aren't flexible at all and some leaders that aren't. And again, that's, you got to make a different decision. doesn't mean you have to walk out right away, but, um, when you, when push comes to shove, when you get to these really, um, high stake issues, you kind of get to, to understand how your organization, how your leader is going to show up. And don't, don't make any rash decisions. But I always, you know, if, if I, I've had a, a couple of folks over the past number of years that I'm coaching that are in these kinds of situations where the organization or the leader is not flexible, is not caring. And is now alone. And is now alone. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Exa- no, exactly. Exactly. No, that's 100%. I will help them kind of plan out, put a stake in the ground and saying three months, where are you going to be and start the process? So as foreshadowed, we're the last point on the, on the employee side is five big rocks and the perch. You know, one of the things to help stave off uh, and to like not have to experience burnout is making sure that we know what our personal priorities are we go through an exercise and you went in in episode 157 to great lengths about you know how you came uh, upon this some of the people you drew ideas from and to me it was just a, a revelation on, on how to deal with things and also then we slipped into my purge my yearly purge uh, about making sure that you're not taking on too many things and that you balance your life out and uh, i would encourage people uh, especially if they're really really busy right now uh, that perhaps they should listen to episode 157. Stay on top of these things. You know, there's always ups and downs in business and in our personal lives, but just to have some idea where we are, what we're doing, what our priorities are. And, and there's times when you go like, there's too much on my plate. I got to get rid of some stuff right now. What is important to me? What do I need to do? And, And hopefully that way we, we manage the expectations. We manage any anxiety and we don't end up in a situation where we're burnt out. Uh, for, for something that if, you know, hopefully we could have managed, uh, you know, kind of gone into a dialogue about managing some of the things we, we could avoid that. Yeah. And I, I think that's really good. You know, the five big rocks. The one thing that we, we talked about was, you know, identifying weekly, what are those five big rocks and two of those, at least one of them for sure needs to be a a me rock. Mm. It needs to be a, what am I doing? To keep care of myself. To take care of myself. Because you know what? The whole analogy around the airline, you know, when those masks fall, you got to put the mask on first before we can help anyone else. Um, often, of my five rocks, three are work-related. One is relationship-related, uh, family, friends. And one is me-related. Um Actually putting those things as as two of the rocks helps keep focused, helps keep balanced, helps keep you from stretching yourself too thin. 
and making sure you're investing in the things that are going to make you a lot more resilient and are going to help protect you against burnout. So make sure if you're doing your top five, one should be, you're definitely at a minimum, one should be for your me. Another one I would highly recommend is relation relationship. That might be family, that might be friends, but investing in community, we talk about that on a, almost every show. What are you doing to invest in community, um, uh, friends or family? And then the rest you can do is work if that's what uh, uh, that's what you want. But boy, oh boy, those 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 uh, me and relationship ones are really critical, especially as you're we're working through the stress of the things we're working through today. Even the physicality of creating a list, writing it out, or typing it out, or whatever you do, is so good for you know, your emotional and psychological balance. It, just going through that exercise is so important because yeah. it really does put things in perspective and helps you to balance out what's going on. And don't make it too complicated. You know, I think we shared it in a couple of the calls, uh, a couple of the episodes that, you know, one thing that I would often do, well, actually I do every morning at eight o'clock is when I'm not sick, is I uh, go for a walk in the pathway anytime during the year um, around my house. I go for a walk. We're Canadians. We don't care about snow. Right, we don't. Uh, and for 15 minutes, at least 15 minutes of that walk or maybe 20 minutes of walk, I have a call with my uh, child. Uh, and uh, every morning, that is, and they live in a different city, but we started this while they were in transition between roles. And it is, so that's a combination you know, people say, I just don't have the time to do it. Well, it's 45 minutes. I get physical exercise. I get spiritual um, fulfillment by walking in nature. Just It's just beautiful. And I get relational um, uh, fulfillment by connecting with my child every morning during the week from Monday to Friday. Find whatever it is for you that is investing into those buckets. We've talked before about the four energy banks that will help protect you from burnout, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, slash purposeful. Um, find the ways to invest in those things. And it doesn't have to be that complicated. It doesn't have to be that long, but it has to be regular um, in order for you to um, uh, help protect yourself and help you be better for others. Is that your wrap up? or That's my wrap up. Yes. Yeah, you sure? Yeah. Uh, I thought that was really good. Um, you know, this, this idea came out of the last couple episodes that we did, certainly out of the last one, but uh, just really valuable to take stock of where you are, what your, what your priorities are, how you're feeling, uh, having a conversation. Uh, there's nothing, nothing worse than all of a sudden somebody gone. Maybe they're off on stress or what, like, oh, we failed them. If that's what happens, then we as we have an organization probably should have done some other stuff. And and whether you're a manager or a leader or you're an employee, it's so important that people can manage what they're doing at work, have conversations about it, understand who they are, what they're doing, uh, whether they're doing well or not. Uh, silence is a killer. It really is. And and I think, you know, we, we talk about burnout and, you know, I started this going on, you know, often, you know, burnout uh, is in part by things that are going on within us and maybe at home, but it's, there, it's also the environment that we work in and, and how we manage that and how a manager actually, you know, creates an atmosphere where there can be a good conversation where everybody knows where they are, how they're doing, what's next, 
and and that there's a, an opportunity to have a conversation you know hopefully we don't get to the burnout stage and all of a sudden people are gone for whatever reason because that's not good too now we have to hire somebody else and they don't know anything about what mm-hmm. we're doing and it's just time consuming and you know it's the right thing to make sure everybody's coming along agree 100 percent um anything else greg i don't think so so listen uh we hope that some of what we've spoken about you find helpful we hope uh, you didn't find anything we said uh, offensive or made you angry, although this is probably one of those episodes where we really need your philosophy because some people might not be happy with what we said, and I'm totally cool with that. Uh, yeah. This is our experience. This is what we've seen. doesn't mean we're experts on anything, but certainly good or bad, it's good to think about these things. Yeah, no, my first coach, uh, really, when I was the coachy. She said to me that, Greg, there are times when we're together that you're going to feel really good, lots of joy because you're making progress. You're seeing some things start to come to fruition. And there will probably be other times when I'm going to call some things out or I may see some things that might make you feel a bit crunchy, maybe a little bit frustrated. Um, but my intention is to do that to help uh, you grow and to shift. And both scenarios, both emotions – Give us a great opportunity to reflect and to learn and to choose what to do with it. So uh, we always say in both of our podcasts, that uh, all of our episodes, that we hope that maybe you got a little bit of churn. And we also hope you got a lot of joy. That, But but take time for both of those and reflect and see what what is it telling you in your journey towards becoming a better manager, a better leader, a better person. Yeah, I think that's cool. I think that's really cool. Um Shout out. Sure. Um, my, the analytics on SoundCloud, I don't know what's going on. I sent them an email and now there's a kind of a, a notice on my thing that they're having all sorts of problems, but that uh, in terms of monetization, we're okay, which is funny because we, we're not monetized at all. But uh, so uh, there's not a lot of stats to rely upon, but just kind of surfing through it and trying to see what I could pull out. Um, and there's one day on the weekend where we had this huge surge in downloads and I don't know if it's true or not. I don't know if it's maybe saved up or whatever, but I have no idea where we are, Greg. And hopefully uh, they can sort this out. It's been about 10 days since the Mm -hmm. system really kind of locked up. Uh, But it allows us to continue publishing, so that's cool. But uh, I do have a new place to call out. Bratislava, Slovakia. Really? You know what? I just get so excited when, when I hear different folks from different parts of the world that have found us and are participating in the conversation. You know, again, when we started, it was in the uh, the diner. We sat around, you and me, across the table, having conversations about what we thought. Fairly loud conversations. Fairly loud conversations and thought, well, we should have conversations with others around uh, Oakville, around Ontario, around Canada, um, and now around the world. So it's kind of, it's, it's so um, exciting. And we hope that some of the things we talk about are resonating with you and that you're having conversation with others on the topic. Don't, don't let it stop with just listening to an episode. Share with someone an idea that bubbled up for you and say, Hey, you know, I was listening to this thing and they said this, and this really resonated to me. What do you think? Begin the conversation. Because it's in conversation, it's in community that we will continue to grow and learn, and especially in such an important topic such as burnout. Sounds good. Who are you talking to? That's right. Excellent. Don't sit alone. That's right. So uh, I'm good. Are you good? I'm good. People matter. Take the time with the people you work with. They're an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time.
Take care.